0: Hey everybody, welcome to Comics on Infinite Earths. It's been a couple months since we've done an episode, so I apologize. Uh, things just got kind of busy. Um, getting li- uh, episodes lined up with guests also really difficult. This is supposed to be a bi-weekly episode, or a podcast, and uh, part of me just kind of gave up for about six weeks, just want to take a break from podcasting. Um, we have like five shows total on Retro Rocket Entertainment. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. And you'll see there's a lot of shows that I have to balance out, and sometimes I take breaks. Um, this episode is one that has been sitting on the back burner for a really long time. I've been wanting to do, but I just can't seem to find someone who... Well, frankly, the, the, this one's going to be expensive for anybody who wants to read this, and no one gets paid for the show, and I have no Patreon people, so uh, kind of just doing it solo. I went bottom for myself because I really wanted to read them again. Uh, also, you'll notice I'm a little under the weather. I'm a little sick, so if I'm breathing or talking a little funny, that's why. Um... For the most part, this show, if you haven't listened before, is about epic storylines from our childhood. Every once in a while, we'll do stuff that's more recent. Um, For the most part, though, it's stuff from the 80s and 90s. And one of my favorite comic books from my youth was Captain America. And looking through the comics that I read during that era, I think the three that I read the longest were uh, X-Men, Captain America, and Spider-Man. And oddly enough, I don't think we've done anything besides the Spider-Man 2, which, you know, because the Spider-Verse movie that came out in December is why we talked about it. Um, we've done a little bit of the X-Men. We did, we did um, Mutant Massacre. I've always wanted to do uh, Follow the, the Mutants and uh, the whole Apocalypse storyline and stuff like that, Dark Phoenix, especially the new movie coming up. Hopefully I'll have a guest lined up for that one. And uh, But here, for some reason, I know Captain America has always sold well. I can't seem to find anybody else in my peer group that was really into them. And in the 80s, I was hardcore Marvel. I never read DC. I was aware of them because the cartoons and the movies. Um, I didn't start reading DC until 89 when the Batman movie came out. So for the most part, it's always Marvel. Uh, a lot of it began because um, I have an uncle who's just a little bit older than me who also I started the show with. Sadly, he's not with the show anymore. He just got too busy. Uh, he was the one who basically started collecting Captain America like crazy. This is kind of focused on Captain America in the 80s. Um, I came in, I want to say, around issue 311, 315, something like that, when he was fighting the Armadillo. And I thought they were interesting at first. Um, I think my first one was 317 when it's him and Hawkeye versus, uh, well, I should have looked at this up first. It was a, a circus, like a bunch of mobsters. Who Commit Crimes is a Circus. This is the part where the fans are going to get angry because they didn't look this up. Uh, uh, Let me just let you know, I'm just getting over a severe pneumonia, so I'm a little foggy on this one. Um, That was the epic collection from Marvel where it's the Society of Serpents, um, which I need to get. I I don't know why I went out of order on these. I bought a big lot of these on eBay, so I'm a little all over the place with the storylines. Justice is Served is when I really started reading it, and that book's available right now. And there's a couple other uh, collections of it, but they're not as thorough. Um, Yes, the Justice's Serve storyline is only a small part of that actual collection. It's only like five books. Uh, The rest of it is just way after the fact. But it's one that really captured my imagination. I know that there's still some cult fans that remember the Scourge. And if you don't know who the Scourge is, uh, he was a mystery character who appeared in all sorts of random costumes. And he would trick villains into basically thinking they were in a safe situation. Like, you know, he was a taxi driver, he was a doctor, he's working in a bar. And, you know, they let their guard down and then, you know, boom, spack. And I think that was actually the sound that he, uh, his gun made every time. And he'd always say, justice a serve. And, I mean, we're talking like a massive kill. This is something kind of rare for comic books in the, in the 80s. This is just when, like, the whole Dark Knight, you know, and Watchmen started to become a thing. And Marvel just started up an ante, and having this guy just wipe out their D-listers. Frankly, there was nobody really in there that was a major villain. There are always guys who had just like a gimmick. There's no real superpowered guys, just your blue-collar criminal kind of thing, um, like the Ringer, the Melter. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. There was like 30 of them. Like the Jackal, I think, was one of them. And I remember Hydro Man was a, no, not Hydroman. Man. That was that was a Spider-Man villain. Uh, it was Water Wizard, right? It was Water Wizard. I don't even remember that? Goofy costume. Um, you know, he's one of the few guys that was supposed to be at this bar. And, you know, he he escapes and he tries to get Captain America's help and says, Look, I know we're, you know, I'm your nemesis, but this is a bigger deal than just you and me. And uh, they go to hunt down the Scourge. And I just remember, like, when you walk into that scene, I want to say it was in 319 or 320, when... Uh, they open up the bar, they see all of these guys just, like, murdered all over the place, it just was, not seems insane to me that this could happen, it's just, you know, the scourge is waiting at this bar where all these vigilantes were, sorry, not vigilantes, uh, criminals were, uh, collected up in this bar whenever we have a meeting about how to defeat the scourge, not realizing that he's the bartender, and he's, you know, opens it up with two Uzis and just wipes these guys out because their defenses are down. And it just captured my imagination, and it was a really good storyline. And you know, Captain America sets himself up. Um, I want to say it was as Mirage, and uh, awaits the Scourge, whatever was prepared for him. He takes him down, and just as he's about to, like you know, take him in, he gets shot by another Scourge. And the funny thing is, the Scourge story apparently has come back over and over through the years. And the, I kind of missed a little bit of this, is that different people have become the Scourge, and I thought it was such an awesome. Uh, character, especially visually, but I always wondered if they could bring him into maybe not in the Marvel universe because he's not a big enough villain. But I always thought it'd be interesting to bring into a TV show. You know, the the it's kind of like the way it was with Vigilante in the DC comics, where a guy who thinks he's doing good just goes a little too far. <sighs> You know, I still wonder why it is that some villains get to live over and over and over after they kill tons of people, and others don't. Like, I have never understood why the Joker just doesn't get a bullet in the head. Just we're fucking done with the shit, okay? Look, you don't want to kill, you don't want to cross that line. <laughs> At this point, really, I mean, look how many people have been killed. How, how do you even see that line anymore? You know, like these low rent criminals that probably didn't kill anybody and they're a little, you know, just like robbing banks. I, I don't get. You know, I I can see why you put them in prison instead of killing them. And I remember there was a Punisher War – I want to say it was War Journal. It was a relaunch around the time of uh, Civil War. And it was really comical and, and over the top. And, and he was taking out guys like Stilt Man and stuff like that. And that had kind of a flavor of the Scourge. We were taking out these comedic, you know, just jokes. You know, the blue streak, which I thought could look cool, but he was a stupid villain. Um, you know, I, it's the way of clearing the house. Uh, you know, it's, they did Mutant Massacre, too. It's just like, oh, we have all these extra characters we never do anything with. Um, but before that, I should mention that one of the main driving points of Captain America, in this, you know, the, in his whole origin, kind of came to an end in 300 when Red Skull died. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know, I missed all of that. Is you know, I would read about it later. And so the 80s, especially like the last half, was just coming with these crazy new storylines for him, and not. I don't want to say they're gimmicky. The Scourge was a gimmick, but it was a good gimmick. But I think what happened after that, you know, Mark Greenwald was trying to, I want to say, update Captain America and make him more modern, especially when things were getting more extreme in comics. Let's not even talk about the the fucking shitty thing they did with Nomad in the 90s. Oh, my God. Uh, But one of the big storylines was having Captain America not be Captain America more and and giving him a whole new costume. I think... I think it was before the wave, the crazy wave. Well, I know it's before the crazy wave of constantly changing the costumes. Daredevil, really? A metal suit? That makes no sense. Spider-Man, a metal suit? that dumb. You know, Iron Man always changing suits. You know, it was kind of, I think he'd been on his fourth or fifth suit by this time. That silver and red one during the 80s was so iconic. It's so awesome. Um, so it was kind of before all that. And the big deal is, if you haven't read it, you know, uh, the government starts having problems with Captain America being a little too on his own you know, he's serving too much time with the Avengers, and, excuse me again, and basically they're like, look, you're ours, we own the uh, name, we own the costume, you're our employee, and if you don't do exactly what we want you to do, we're going to remove you from your position, and, you know, that he, he, you know, he, what do you call it, uh, not treasonous, but uh, going against government, um, damn it, when you're like AWOL, kind of like that kind of thing, and he decides, look, he's going to give up the costume, he's done it before, kind of, um, in the 70s, he was nomad, he was the first nomad, and, uh, he's like, well, you know, I, I guess I can do this again, I can still serve my country, you know, protect the innocent, but it's gonna have to take up a whole new identity, a whole new, uh, life, and the government is not happy about that either, but, um, at the same time, they have this guy named Super Patriot who is this rah rah jingoistic. He's kind of like Nuke, um, just not as psychotic. And, you know, if you remember him from the Daredevil storyline, it's where uh, one of the guys got the super, a new version of the Super Soldier Syndrome and just made him go crazy. Well, super Patriot tries to show off and save someone from blowing up the, the monument. And, uh, you know, they're impressed by it, so they give him the position. And then Captain America's out on his own. He doesn't know what to do. You know, he's just kind of wandering, uh, a little bit like the uh, Captain, oh, sorry, the uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern spoiler from the 70s, where it's just like, uh, let's just go, you know, go around the country. And I think it's funny is, you know, they're trying to train Johnny Walker as the new Captain America. They give him the Freedom Force, and I totally forgot about this. You know, Freedom Force uh, were just a, a new iteration of the Brotherhood of the Evil Mutants. You know, after Magneto went on his own way and came good for a while, too. Um, and now they, the government's given like a dirty dozen Suicide Squad kind of concept of, hey, if you work for us, you can work off you know, your time, work off your crimes, and yay! You know. but they're still kind of douchebags. and That's not going to change. But they give Johnny Walker a new Bucky, which is one of his friends who qualifies. The other two guys, there's four of them total. Um, Johnny Walker, uh, Bucky, and then the two other guys who... You know, they don't qualify for a camera, whatever reason, and that becomes an issue later. But uh, I always thought it was kind of dumb, and I think they realized immediately that it was dumb is to have, first off, a black man named Bucky. I guess in the 80s they didn't notice that it would seem. I don't know if you've seen the movie Buck Down. It uh, just reminds you of. It seemed kind of racist to call a black guy Bucky, but that was also the 80s where we weren't really self aware. Like, don't call me an SJW. Fuck you. Um, but, they, you know, they turn, turn him into Battlestar later, which is a really good idea. And I love that costume. I also love that name. He was actually a really good hero. Johnny Walker was kind of fucked up, but um, I really like Battlestar. I thought he was entertaining. And, uh, you know, he's super patriot. Johnny Walker, you know, he was a so-so hero. He didn't really have a whole lot of fighting skills. He didn't have much training. Um, so they give him Taskmaster, which is one of the coolest villains of all time. And if you saw... Um, Siege, he becomes a serious villain in that storyline because he's tired of being like second fiddle, a uh, runner-up, just a guy who gets, takes the money and runs. He wants real power. That's a hell of a storyline. But, um, the problem with Johnny Walker is that he's a loose cannon and then he gets increasingly psychotic as the comic goes on, whereas Battlestar is completely, um, fine. And they take on the Wild Dogs, which are a neo-Nazi group. Yeah, it kind of fucking weird. I don't want to get too political on this, but It's fucking weird for decades on end. We hated the KKK. We hated white nationalism, white supremacy, Nazis. You know, all these kind of militia groups. We always saw them as the enemy. And we're at this weird fucking point where we almost view Captain America as a tired old symbol. And now, I mean, not me and not probably not you listening to this. There's a big chunk of this country now that just are riled up who actually side with the white supremacists, who actually now side with Nazis and the KKK and so like this, and it makes no fucking sense. It's insane how we can be manipulated so easily by politicians who say they're, you know, oh, well, I'm a white Christian America, whatever, I love my country. When they don't actually love their country, they don't even love God. They don't. There's nothing Christian about them. They just know they can use those words to manipulate people into following their cause, and they use fear tactics To rile people up instead of hope and patriotism. And I love Captain America. People say he's a good – oh, he's such a a boy, Scott. He's a goody-two-shoes. So? So fucking what? Uh, You know, not every hero can be Wolverine. Not every hero can be Batman. You have to have this balance in the world. And I think Captain America is one of the finest in in, 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 I I don't know. I just – I don't understand where we are as a country Uh, where Captain America is seen as a joke and people are more rooting for Red Skull. I mean, it's nuts. All right, sorry. I I just, I had to do that for a minute. Uh, So in this, you know, Steve Rogers is kind of on his own. He has no costume, no identity. And Nomad and and Falcon and, oddly enough, D-Man. You know, you had to have read this comic in this era to even know who D-Man is because outside of a two or three-year chunk, No one knows who the fuck this is. A guy who looks like Wolverine and Daredevil put together. Born out of that weird period after Secret Wars, where the Thing, arguably the most popular character from Fantastic Four, got his own series. Where he was on another planet for a while, and that was kind of stupid. I didn't really care for that run. And then I I think about year two or three is when he came back to America and started joining this uh, wrestling league, because wrestling was super popular. But it's all like superheroes and stuff like that fighting together and uh or superpower people fighting together and uh D-Man was one of those wrestlers and you know when that series kind of came to an end after like I think three maybe four years you know they're like well, what would we do with this schmuck and we add him to Captain America and everybody knows he's a schmuck from the beginning he's just trying to prove himself as a hero but he doesn't have much skill he's just big um I wonder if they ever found him because later in this he gets blown up and he ends up in ice and you know I don't know if they ever found his body uh you know, it's funny is I didn't even remember this for a long time, is that Vagabond was a character in this, which was Nomad's girlfriend who had no fighting skills. I don't even understand why she was along for the ride. Eh, weird. I like Nomad, I, but I really despised when they gave him the beard and long hair and turned him to like, a It's a comic with, uh, the. God damn it. There's a bunch of movies, too, where it's a samurai with a baby on the back. Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Uh, kind of reminded me of that. Just gave him a shotgun and a new mask, and it just, eh, No. And uh, Falcon has always been fucking rad. And I actually enjoy the difference in the movies where they gave them the robotic wings. It makes a hell of a lot more sense to me. Um, But, you know, getting the team together, and they decide... I remember seeing this, the the cover of 337, where Captain America gets a new black costume, and it it copies the cover of Avengers 4, just, you know, a new iteration. Even then, I kind of knew. And I thought that was really cool. But, um... Surprisingly, they leave Vagabond off the cover. Um, but, you know, he gets his new costume, and I actually thought it was a really well-designed, cool deal. And this is when he forms his own little version of the Avengers, uh, and they take on the Serpent Society. Actually, no, these guys aren't part of the Serpent Society. They're, like, their own crew. It, it's weird. Um, right prior to this is when they started, like, look, there's a lot of snake-like characters in the Marvel Universe. Cobra probably being the most well-known <coughs> in the in the Spider-Man universe and kind of putting them all together in, into the super team. So these are the last of the chunk I think that's brought in. You know, Copperhead, uh, Puff Adder, uh, Ferdelance, and Black Racer. Ferdelance, badass costume. And, and weaponry. I was like, uh, Copperhead looked kind of stupid. Um, it looked like more like a Master of the Universe character. And, uh, you know, they take them on. And then, what was it? It wasn't Sidewinder. Someone dies. Uh, I can't remember who Scores took out, but he was one of the Serpent Societies and, and he took them out. But I thought he was a major player too. And all of a sudden, no, he's not. Um, can you hear the pages being flipped? Because I have no memory. I, I'm getting older now. And I'm starting to worry that I can't remember shit. Uh, so basically, the, these guys get, you know, taken over to the Serpent Society. And... I gotta tell you, I don't really care about a lot of what's going on with the Johnny Walker uh, Battlestar story for a while. It's just generic villains. Everything that's interesting in it is um, is in Steve Rogers' world. That is what fascinates me. Um, I'm gonna skip the Fall of the Mutants tie-in. I mean, I, it's one day I'm gonna cover the Fall of Mutants storyline, and then uh, that'll be interesting. But. Um, you know, we bring the big deal about Pirates, but I can't believe it. I read all of, this, all of these at the time. You know, I thought I would have missed a couple, but I guess not. When he takes on the new Iron Man, and I remember this is a period where um, it was during the Iron Wars. I'm sorry, not Iron Wars, Armor Wars, where he was in trouble with the government because he decided to go take all of his technology back because people were using it to kill. And... Um, so one issue, Tony Stark is designing the new shield for him, which is just a generic metal shield that he's going to paint it later, whatever. It's made out of I uh, You know what's weird is they always talk about how admantium is, oh, the rarest thing on the planet. You can't find it anywhere, and it's almost impossible to put together. And yet, it seems like over the decades, uh, admantium is apparently everywhere. I mean, everywhere. I don't know how many people, oh, this is Mantium laced Oh, this is Mantium coated uh, It's weird. Not as special as it once was. You know, he gets a new shield, they test it on, and it's like this. And that's when uh, they kind of go head-to-head. It's like pre-Civil War, button heads over things, because <clears throat> Captain America's kind of wanted in trouble, but Iron Man's also in trouble and wanted, and they kind of have a go at it. So there's an interesting storyline to see these two take on. Iron Man is so much more power than Captain America, but he's never a really hand-to-hand fighter. He never really learned how to you know do anything more than blast for a long time. You got Armadillo coming back, which is a ridiculous. He, he mutated and he wants to see his wife. Oh, dude, I don't know about you man, but that's nothing. Take on the Griffin, which is a red villain. Basically, you know, D-Man goes from being a bum, you know, just as a hanger-on who can't even he's too scared to fight for a while. Kind of seen the evolution of his character though. It was it was interesting, but still just like such a weird moment in Marvel history. And, uh, trying to remember, oh, that's right, I forgot, the two guys that were supposed to join Battlestar and Captain America got turned away by the government, not by Johnny, it had nothing to do with it, they get really pissed off, and they're called left-winger and right-winger, yeah, like a left-winger and right-winger would never work together now, it's ridiculous, I wish they would, we should have some conversations with each other, maybe we can stop this madness, but they, they go after Captain America, try to prove what superheroes they are, and basically give away Johnny's identity, which becomes a serious problem later. They get their asses handed to him. And over in the, uh... The Serpent Society, you know, all the new guys have joined. And, you know, now the group's like 12 deep. That's a lot of people in the uh, Serpent Society. It makes them truly deadly. Turns out, though, guess what? Four of them are part of the bad guys. I mean, bad guy, bad guys, not just, like, criminal union... um, Viper, uh, you know, a big Captain America villain, you know, basically decides she's going to take over the Serpent Society. And if not, you know, you're going to die. I can't believe that everybody just lied and said like, oh, uh, yeah, of course we'll join you. Fuck this, and then, you know, you know, wait till she wasn't ready and then take over or kill her or whatever. Uh, I thought it was really cool, like, all this, the new villains, Bushmaster and stuff like that. And <sighs> Trying to look, the, the new shield, I always thought the new shield looked really, really cool. The bullseye symbol. And uh I'm trying to remember all the characters from the Serpent Society. Black Mamba, Sidewinder. So I guess Sidewinder was not one that killed that was killed. I can't remember who the hell was killed by. Scourge. Rock Python, that's a stupid name though. <laughs> he just throws like these little ribbon things that look like snakes that wrap around you, and tie you up. I don't even know how that's possible. Like eggs and uh Rattler's Awesome. Um, Anaconda. It has gross, just super gross, lady. Um, I know, just watching them all take each other on, it was, it was just one of those knockdown, drag out, kick ass fights between Captain America's team and, and the Serpent Society, and with the help of Diamondback, who becomes a major character for like the next four or five years. I always thought the haircut she had in Streets of Poison, which we'll discuss in a few other because I want to do the 90s as well, was pretty rad. Way ahead of his time. Um, Here's the funny thing. There's a, you know, we talked about the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Well, they're broken up now because of the Freedom Force. And all of this seems like it should be over at X-Men, but it's not. And then we had um, X-Factor. <coughs> you know, they, they were pretending to be exterminators. And that they were capturing the mutants and taking them in for registration or whatever. And they had officially become X-Factor by this point, I believe. And so we have the Resistance, which are these four guys who... I think five, actually, who go around, you know, breaking out um, mutants or whatever. Why do they have to register? I still think it's bonkers that Captain America was trying to force mutants to register. Do all superheroes have to register? No. You know, and, and actually, I'm on their side. This is the weirdest thing is I'm not on Johnny Walker Battlestar side. I am on the Resistance side. It seems nuts that they even had to do this. So, it's, a, it's a, really, they screwed up a lot with Johnny Walker. It almost seems like it was intentional, so that you were like, uh, okay, and then when it finally came back to normal, you know, you're more than happy to see Steve Rogers come back. And one of the big storylines is that, you know, Viper is going to add this altered snake venom toxin to the water in Washington, D.C., and infect everybody, turn them into crazed snake people. Kind of has a horror element to it, a little bit like Dawn of the Dead or something like that. It's, you know, a rage virus kind of thing. And Ronald fucking Reagan gets infected. Mommy, ugh, I turned into a snake. It is such a fucking goofy storyline that, you know, Captain America has to fight Ronald Reagan because he's a snake man. It turns out Cobra is not actually with Viper, you know, turncoat or whatever. He's actually been working the whole time for the other side. This, they screw up his assassination of Viper, which, man, that would have been good. Just watching her mow down people with Uzis and watching DC is horrifying, and watching Nomad get his k- ass kicked by snake people. It's such a odd, off the wall storyline. And, uh, you know, Captain America is in trouble, and Johnny Walker's in trouble, and basically Ronald Reagan comes in and he's like, oh, you're the one who saved me, mommy. <laughs> I don't know why that's the only voice we ever know for Cat- uh, Ronald Reagan. That's not what he sounded like at all. But it's just funny because SNL did it all the time. You know, basically gets them both out of trouble. They don't know what to do because Johnny Walker's really pushing it. Because what happens a couple of issues later is the Wild Dogs, Wild Pack? Fuck, I can't remember now. No, I'm pretty sure it's Wild Dogs. Uh, they, um, they capture Johnny Walker and they capture his parents and they're going to hang him for what he's done. And basically end up accidentally killing his parents. Maybe intentional, who knows? They didn't give a shit. Johnny Walker loses his mind and he just assassinates all these guys. It's like shoving pitchforks to him, smashing their faces with gun. And he's gone bonkers by way. He's shut down. He's just too far gone. The government knows this and like, look, we don't know what to do with him. We want to keep Battlestar. We want to keep the Freedom Force. Can we put them together as a team? You know, Johnny Walker's locked up and stuff like this you know, Ronald Reagan said, hey, let's keep this guy. Well, you know, Otherwise, man, it's just so strange that this lunatic became Captain America for a while. And he destroys the name of Captain America. You know, he finds right winger and left winger. And I cannot fucking believe to this day that he, you know, beats him up, ties him up, hangs him upside down, has oil spilled. He's like, you got a choice. You can either the birth of the ropes, um, which will burn you. Or you can let the fire just take your ass down and they blow up before they can even get free. I mean, just burnt to a crisp. I think this becomes a part of the storyline later, if I remember correctly. It's just mind-boggling to me that they let this happen. Um, And then Flag Smasher comes. And this is when I kind of missed a few issues. It seems familiar, but I think someone else had them and I kind of just glanced over it. Flag Smasher is a really good villain. You know, it's, it's kind of like the way you, know, you always have Flash, Reverse Flash, you know, but, um, Sinestro, Captain, uh, sorry, Green Lantern. always have to have someone that's the exact opposite of you. Venom, Spider Man. I always think that was a fun dichotomy. It's a really cool drawing. Kieran Ke- Dwyer comes in about halfway through the storyline. And he's a hell of an artist. I think he's sorely um, underrated. And uh, let's not ignore Mark Grunewald. Yeah. Amazing writer, uh, just uh, highly underrated, uh, on par with Dave Michelin, I think, in the 80s. A lot of stuff's really hard to go back to. It really is. Because it doesn't age well, or the too much dialogue that makes no sense, why why are you even saying this out loud, that that kind of thing. These guys were ahead of the step. So we get to 350, and it's when the two captains go up against each other. And at this point, you know, Red Skull's been kind of out of the picture. There's been a mysterious man behind the thing, you know, pushing Johnny Walker to destroy Captain America's name. You know, remove him from the picture, it turns out it's a clone body of Steve Rogers, but with the mind... <clears throat> you hear that? My mind! Uh, my voice just cracked. <laughs> um, a Red Skull put into it. Which, Baron Zemo? Nah, I'll, I'll, I can't remember now. Um, basically puts in his body. And, uh... You know, they're using this side thing where they put in this chemical, you know, spraying it to people's faces and turn them into Red Skull. The whole thing goes horribly wrong. They face off against each other and it sprays in the the Red Skull clone's face. And he turns, guess what, back into Red Skull. He's never going to escape it, ever. And Johnny Walker is completely fucking insane by this point. He's just killing people like crazy. You know, and and Steve Rogers is trying to hold it all together, knowing that I don't know if I can ever reclaim this name because it's been ruined. They beat the snot out of each other, just tearing shit up. Now, Johnny Walker's way stronger. His doping is um, a lot higher than Steve's, and plus he's just like rage is kind of nutso. And they say, hey, we're going to keep you guys the way you are. And Steve's like, no, I just don't want the Captain America suit. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And, and then Johnny Walker's like, oh, some moment of lucidity decides, hey, this isn't for me. I was for you know just, I'm forced to keep at this. I still want to be a hero, but I need help. I need leadership. And guy, I'm not ready for Captain America. And so you know they they decide you know what, we'll switch places. No, he doesn't say it in this storyline yet that he becomes U.S. Agent. He gets that outfit. I think it's a few years down their line. I, I want to get to that one because I remember it was a big deal in the whole West Coast Avengers. I honestly thought this episode would be longer, but. My voice is just tore up, and I'm actually pausing this a lot to keep from choking. I thought I was ready to record. I am not. Um, so thank you for this kind of filler episode, where it's just me meandering. I've done this a couple times before, over the years. Um, a storyline I really appreciated. I was glad to reread. They're a little pricey, forty bucks uh, as a cover price, but it's a lot of comics. I mean, I got this one alone is $332, three thirty-two through three fifty plus an Iron Man ep- uh, issue thrown in. Yeah, d Bright. Did that Iron Man episode? I wish he would, um issue. I wish he would come back because I absolutely adore MD Bright, but I guess he's kind of off and doing other things like religious comics or you know just artwork. But sorely underrated. That GI Joe run he did was phenomenal. All right, everybody, uh, that is it for me. Um, check us out on Facebook and Twitter under Retro Rock Entertainment. is where you'll find all our podcasts, including this one, Back in Tunes, Video Night, and everything else. And uh, have a good night.